0: Welcome to Brunch of Thrones. This is Natalie and Tracy, and I'm so excited. We're talking about Eastwatch, and oh my god! So, it turns out that, like, Jon Snow might not be a bastard.
1: Is that what it turns out? (laughs) Natalie, I think I missed it. What happened? No, so, like,
0: Jilly is reading from the book, and then she's talking about how Rhaegar had an annulment and he married someone in secret in Dorne. Lyanna Stark married Rhaegar Targaryen, oh. so Jon Snow is not a bastard. He's an actual Targaryen. I gotcha.
1: Shit.
0: <laughs> I know they were related the whole time, but somehow, now that they're legitly related, you know, like in the legal sense, it is slightly more creepy than it was before. You know, Danny plus Jon Snow.
1: Yeah, they got a whole Lannister thing going on now. No, so what do you think of that episode aside from its final revelation?
0: It was my favorite episode thus far because it is the reunion episode where everyone gets reunited, and like there was Bronn, and I was like, oh my god, Bronn's my favorite, and then Sir Davos was like being like, no one listens to me, Dad, and and then he was like my favorite. And then the hound showed up, and then he's like, "Shut your your talking hole. Let's go." And it was just amazing. There was the Jamie and Tyrion reunion, which wasn't as good as I would like it to be. So, what did you talk about since now I've gotten out? Like the thing that I was super excited about. Okay,
1: I guess for me, one of the most exciting parts of this episode was some great interaction between Sansa and Arya. Because I think that I was on the side of, oh, it's going to be so sweet. Their sisters are going to team up. And last time we spoke, you were like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be real nice and sweet between them at all times. But it looks like it is actually going to be uh, quite nasty. (laughs) And I'm interested to see how it progresses. Because I thought that Arya was so mean to Sansa. You know, it's been quite a while since I was upset at Arya, I suppose. Well, Arya
0: was kind of a dick (laughs) gone.
1: She was.
0: Okay, so I actually paused it and I tried to read the letter.
1: Oh, what did it say? I didn't pause it there.
0: The camera's too close, but it's something about how she pledges loyalty to Joffrey forever. Oh. But then, like, I feel like, Arya, can you really get so upset about that? Because Sansa was, like, 12 at the time, and it was weird.
1: Yeah, that's a little perplexing. Um, Okay, well, actually, here's an article about it. Um, Did you already read the full text of it? No, I couldn't see all of it. Okay, well, I will read it right now. Okay, cool, read it. Rob, I write to you with a heavy heart. Our good King Robert is dead, killed from wounds he took in a boar hunt. Father has been charged with treason. He conspired with Robert's brothers against my beloved Joffrey and tried to steal his throne. The Lannisters are treating me very well and provide me with every comfort. I beg you, come to King's Landing, swear fealty to King Joffrey, and prevent any strife between the Great Houses, Lannister and Stark. So, we've heard that letter before, right?
0: But that was under duress, right? Yes.
1: I remember at the time being like, oh yeah, they stood right there and made her write that. And even Rob kind of had this look on his face like, well, of course, they would make her send that. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I guess I was hoping Arya would be a little more sympathetic to the troubles that others have faced. I I
0: don't know if compassion is a good survival tactic. Mm, No.
1: Not something she learned from the faceless
0: people. I was also surprised that Bronn and Jamie are still alive at the beginning of this episode, and how neither of them are burned or really hurt in any way.
1: Yeah, or captured like everyone else who was there. They must have swam a long way. I don't know how they swam at all. Yeah, like, they came out of the water like they were just- had just fallen in, but you saw how far away they were from the smoke. They must have swam or been carried along for quite a while, and that wasn't like a river. It was a lake, more like.
0: Yeah, and also- Hello. Why did you not secure the perimeter, Daenerys people? <laughs> I'm I'm sad that Dicon, my new best friend, ah, oh. is now dead. Well, he wasn't my best friend, but he was my new new favorite.
1: Yeah, you had some affection for him as of the last episode, and then he basically immediately was killed.
0: Yeah, and then it was like kind of set up Tyrion to like start doubting his queen.
1: It seems like I'm always having to defend Daenerys in situations where I normally maybe would not defend, say, Cersei doing the same things. Like, if Cersei killed a bunch of people, including, like, the beloved Tarly family, I'd be like, Cersei, you're so mean and bad. Of course, you're the villain of the show. But Daenerys does it, and I'm like, she's just learning. She doesn't know. (laughs)
0: Have you seen Nice Guys? The Nice Guys with um, the Gladiator guy and Ryan Reynolds? Or no, not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling.
1: I, uh, through no fault of the movie, slept through this movie. And since then, I've really wanted to rewatch it because it looked like a lot of fun.
0: So there's one character, and then she says, um, So she's holding Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe at gunpoint. Ryan Gosling's like, You don't want to do that. And she's like, I've killed like three people. And then he's like, Yeah, yeah, I know. Everyone makes mistakes. And then. Russell Crowe says it wasn't a mistake, like one person, two person, maybe a mistake. But once you get past three, it's not a mistake anymore. <laughs> so I feel like the nurse is very close or over the, the mistake learning period of killing
1: people. I'd say that this is like her last one, maybe her last one where I'm just like, You know, it could go either way. She was just trying to do what she said. And remember, like, the first episode of the show, we see Ned Stark, like, cut a guy's head off because he's like, if you're gonna cut a guy's head off, you gotta do it yourself. So I was like, that's what she's doing right now. She said, you bend the knee, which is very generous, or I burn you Mm -hmm. with my dragons. I don't want to burn anybody with my dragons. It's just your pride that's gonna get in the way of you having a safe and healthy life as my soldier. But she did not predict so many of these noble fellows would choose to be killed like two well it seems like everybody else lost interest when they see that one (laughs) really good dragon murder
0: oh so i was super surprised that there wasn't more friendly fire because you would think that dragons do a lot of friendly fire
1: yeah they don't know they're so big and then but it looks like the Raki were completely unscathed. Also, during the scene where Daenerys uh, was riding a dragon towards Jon Snow, who is standing on the side of a cliff, I was like, Daenerys, I don't know your intentions, are you trying to push me off of a cliff with your dragon because I'm not going to touch that thing. I'd rather jump off the cliff.
0: Yeah, no, why did she do that? Like, Why did she do that? Is it like, you
1: will not bend the knee so I will scare you with my dragon? Like, we know as viewers that we needed to have Jon Snow have a tender moment with the dragon, because that is what happened. But from Jon Snow's perspective, how do you know that when a dragon is approaching you, with it's giant nostrils right in your face that you're supposed to pet it?
0: So when I first saw the dragon, I was like, oh my god, that's Jon Snow's dragon! But then you see Daenerys on the back, and then I think it would have been better if a dragon just landed and befriended Jon Snow.
1: Yeah, that would have been sweet, because then you would have thought, wait, do they have, like, a connection of some kind? Does the dragon see something in Jon Snow? But Daenerys is right up there egging him on. So now it becomes, like, a power play of some kind.
0: So, you know, like, how, like, Daenerys and, I think, Varys and maybe Tyrion, they have, like, you know, it's kind of kimono-like, where one, one side of the collar overlaps with the other side of the collar, and then there's, like, fur lining, And I was like, it was totally giving me like a
1: waterbender vibe. Oh yeah. I was thinking a lot about the outfits in this episode because I know this has been true in the past, but for some reason it really has been striking me this season that Daenerys only gets like one outfit per season. It just makes me think like, do they have clean underclothes? What happens if that one gets burned? she make like five that look like that?
0: I've been actually watching some YouTube videos on the designs of um, Game of Thrones. And you know, like last season or the season before that, she had that dark blue, like kind of a bright blue short sleeve gown, like yeah. with cap sleeves. And I thought there was one of those, but there were actually like three or four. The fashion designer or the costume designer made like three or four. And then what happens is as she gains more power, the embroidery on the dress like gets more ornate. Oh, cool. But part of me was super amazed. And part of me was like, you think that we're we as an audience are way smarter than we are. Because I watched this on, like, I don't know, like a 14-inch monitor. Like, I don't see detail like that.
1: No, but your brain did, as they would say on red-letter media.
0: I also, like, does it make you super nervous when, like, people have a private conversation in a very large room? Like, when Tyrion and Varys are discussing Danny like, in the throne room right in front of her throne. And they're, like, drinking and talking about, like, how, like, Tyrion has to, like, listen to her, make her listen or whatever. And I'm like, don't! Don't talk! Like, there's, <laughs> there's people everywhere! She's gonna get mad!
1: And I'm always thinking about spies in this show, but in this episode, there's just a lot of spying in general. Like, this whole spy, counter-spy between Arya and Littlefinger. We see Arya creeping. And then she, like, does her thing, and then immediately you see Littlefinger creeping. And you just expected for him to, like, turn the corner, and then Arya's behind him. I think he's the
0: better spy, because he's, like, totally setting her up right now.
1: I, don't, I still don't know to what end exactly, or at least how he sees it playing out. He probably is trying to get her out of Winterfell. I don't know what he's doing, because she could always kill him. Right, and she can also look like other people, which he cannot do. So, do you think... Jamie is the baby daddy. I am trying to figure out who else would be the baby daddy. Is there another suitor I'm forgetting about? And forget, you're on. That didn't happen.
0: So now I understand why there is a season eight because I feel like this armistice is going to happen so we can go kill some White Walkers.
1: Mm, but wouldn't that set up that the final biggest battle is Cersei versus Daenerys after the White Walkers have already been defeated? Good point. Probably not. Maybe they'll take a good strike against the White Walkers, and they'll be very weakened. And then Cersei mm-hmm. can't resist; she got a snatch for the throne. And then they have like a squabble that you know settles the whole Game of Thrones deal. And then whoever the victors are, strike back towards the Night King and all the rest, which is going to be Jon and Danny at this point.
0: Well, I kind of noticed that. Like, there's, like, Jorah and Jon Snow, and they're probably gonna have, like, a slightly competitive jostling, like, Dario
1: and Jorah did, like, a few seasons ago. But there's nothing respectable about Dario. There's a lot to respect about Jon Snow.
0: No, because I think it will be, like, Jorah will be, like, kind of competitive, and Jon Snow's like, what are you doing? Like, we gotta do this. What's going on? Like, they're gonna have to have a talk. A man talk. I don't know. I feel like... Danny is not being very kind to Jora right now, and she's giving him all these signs, but she ain't gonna marry him.
1: No, but the thing is, even if she returned his feelings, he's gotta know that she can't marry him. That's not how it works in Westeros. You gotta marry somebody for power reasons when you're a queen. But I don't know, mm. maybe she wouldn't have to because she has dragons and she could do what she felt like. It would be an interesting twist if you know Jon and Danny are victorious, they're all riding dragons around. And Danny's like, well, thanks, Jon Snow. Now you go back to the North and I marry my man, who I've been leading on for quite a while. <laughs> I mean, I go back and forth on Jorah. Sometimes he has a real friend zone guy vibe that I don't like. And then sometimes he seems like really the best person for her. And I can never decide. He's too old. But would that matter if they really loved each other? I don't think it should. But I just don't know that she does. I think she would have gone for it already if she really felt like that about him. I feel like he
0: loves her, but she needs someone who gives her a little more like a little more challenge.
1: That was sort of evident when they said goodbye, and with Jorah it was this very like nightly romantic, like, we never did learn how to say goodbye, and then Jon Snow just kind of sassed her and then left. (laughs) I like that a little bit more, when they can sort of have a relationship where there's a little bit of give and take, where he's not putting her on a pedestal. What do you think about Gendry? I am so happy that Gendry's back. He always was a favorite of mine. And I like that he sort of became more badass since we last saw him. A real hammer guy. And he already had the chance to just smash two guys' faces into watermelon. I love that Sir Davos was peddling Viagra. (laughs) (laughs) That whole scene was fantastic. First of all, just a great kind of comic slash suspenseful scene for Davos to star in. And then immediately, for Tyrion to come tromping down the hill, like, hey guys, don't mind me, the little guy who looks exactly like that one you're looking for. <laughs> Just have some subtlety, or you would not have to get those two guys killed. They could have been happily in the brothel, not really having any effect from the crab, but...
0: Yeah, it was, it was great. They're like, the port's that way, and he's like, yes,
1: I was avoiding gentlemen like you. But always with a smile and some coin in hand. Uh, so... As we see in the final scene, the Westeros Untouchables heading out into the north, who do you think is going to be killed?
0: Okay, so let, let's recap. So there is Tormund, Gendry, Jon Snow, the Hound, the Priest, and barrack Beric Dondarian.
1: Is the Priest the one who's just drinking all the time? Yes, that's the one. Okay. I didn't realize he was an important character. I just thought that this dude who drinks a lot was in the cell with them and is, like, heading out into the north, like he's going to survive even a quarter of the next episode.
0: I feel like he might die, but it doesn't really matter if he dies because no one cares about him anyway. Nope. And then, like, Darien can die, but he's just – he can come back, so, like, who cares? So I feel like it might be the Hound – or gandry or torment because we know it's not going to be Jon snow they already did that to us once. we just got Gendry back i don't want anything to happen to him i totally thought like i think stacy said that he was gonna mine the dragonglass or that was like a pretty popular theory and then i was like why don't they have him doing dragonglass thingies because he is like a he does he is a sword maker
1: but maybe that's not good enough for him like i like the scene of Davos sort of coaching him on what he was going to say to Jon Snow. And then he walked right up to Jon Snow. He's like, I'm the bastard of the king, and I want to go with you to Adventure not sit here doing nothing. Like, so the, the whole thing
0: where they're going to bring, like, a White Walker back, it reminded me of, like, the scene in the book where they managed to get one of, like, the hand of one of the White Walkers in a jar. And then um, they brought it to King's Landing, but then they got laughed out of court because the hand just molded and like it just completely fell apart. So I'm kind of wondering if they do get a white walker, like once they get far enough South and he's like away from the night King, like does he lose his powers and just turn back into a body?
1: I suppose that would be a really anticlimactic way for that entire plot point to end. You know, it looked awfully dramatic this episode, this whole expedition. And really, I thought the easiest thing would be for someone to fly a dragon out there and snatch one up before they even knew what was happening mm-hmm. i don't know maybe daenerys didn't want to do it and she right now is the only candidate
0: she needs like there's three dragons so we need like two more dragon riders
1: that's what i thought was going to happen is she's like all right john snow i trust you here's your dragon bring it back but i don't know if they're there quite yet
0: so what do you think about sam dropping out of maester school
1: Oh, that, that was very bittersweet, because you could see the way he looked back at that library with that same emotion that I feel when I must leave a library of just all oh, those beautiful books. But then I think it was for the best, because he was just having a terrible time there, and I really thought that that older maester guy was going to come around, but he never did, and so I'd say, get out of there, Sam.
0: Yeah, and Sam still Sam still doesn't know. I know, he didn't
1: figure it out, just like me, apparently.
0: No, no, Sam still doesn't know that his family is dead, and he's the only one left, besides his sisters. That's right. They don't matter as much because they are women.
1: So he is the head of the house, is that correct? So, like, when you take the black,
0: basically you, you're disowned by your family, and then you agree to have no children, and to have no lands, and blah blah blah-blah. Okay, so he's now ineligible for that. Mm-hmm, but... You know, Jon Snow did become King of the North, even though he wasn't supposed to do that. But he also came back to life, so... (laughs)
1: He wasn't supposed to do that.
0: No, like, so when you die, your watch is over, technically. And then since Jon Snow died, he is no longer bound by the rules of the Night's Watch.
1: And if Daenerys became queen, and Jon Snow maybe is there as well, then I'm sure he would be like, okay, my pal Sam is definitely head of his house. I don't care about the nitty-gritty of that rule.
0: Well, once they get rid of the White Walkers, they won't need a Night's Watch anymore.
1: That's true. I didn't even think of that. Which, where are they going to send all their disreputables now? Dracarys. <laughs> yeah. They need to just make something up. Like, holes. It's going to be like, okay, you still <laughs> go to the wall and stand there, but now there's nothing. <laughs> okay. I,
0: I was a little bit frightened for Jamie when Cersei was like, never betray me again. And then we're like, but we all know that Jamie's going to betray her again in, like, the next episode.
1: Oh, that's something we didn't talk about at all, is the little baby Lannister. I uh, suspected this was coming because I was like, Cersei has no children at present, and this cannot be a happy state for her to be in. So, I guess, do you think we will ever see that child? I, I don't think it's going to end well for baby Lannister,
0: but I can kind of see why Cersei... Is willing to negotiate for the armistice now because now there's like hope for her, hope for like their house, and like hope of a Lannister dynasty, which right. there wasn't like last episode or two episodes ago. Oh, that we didn't talk about that. Where like Jon Snow finally hears that Bran is alive, Arya's back, and oh no, the White Walker zombies are heading towards Eastwatch. Like, all in one message, because, like, Sansa didn't write to him
1: enough. Yeah. So, yeah, he just had that real grumpy face. He's like, Arya's alive? And For a second, I was like, you don't like it? And then he <laughs> continues. <laughs> I realize he's just frustrated because he wants to get there and help, but... But part
0: of me is like, damn, Sansa, like, you just sort of like, you know, we gotta save ravens because we just sent a whole bunch everywhere, so we gotta, like, wait until we have four messages before we, like, send one raven.
1: Yeah, but I remember you did say last time, do you think Jon Snow is going to get a letter? And I'm like, I'm sure he'll get plenty of letters. Everyone's got to be writing to him all the time. No. (laughs) This episode should be like, Natalie, called us.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Brunch of Thrones. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes. It will help new listeners find us. Have a question or a comment? We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at MBC Podcast. For links to all the things we talked about today, please go to our blog, midnightbreakfastcafe.wordpress.com. You can also subscribe to our brand new
1: newsletter, Wednesday Cafe. Have a happy brunch and breakfast, everyone.